Hello, this is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to the next episode in our continuing coverage of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I believe is the fourth part, or episode 48 total. Wait, this is Duck. (laughs) Oh, now you're making me sad about uh, Walking Dead. What? You don't remember the Walking Dead game? Never mind. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I have the statue of a duck. (laughs) Why? I, I, I don't know. It, Why not just, a penguin? What? What? The, well, I have a bunch of penguins, but they're in the other room. They're next to the TV where I can see them whenever something comes on that I don't enjoy. What? What I'm now noticing is the duck, as I'm sitting here recording, is staring directly at me, which is a little <laughs> unsettling. So let me just. That reminds me of when I stayed at a very obviously like. I'm not big on ghosts, but I definitely stayed in a place that it, if ghosts were real, that place was extremely haunted. <laughs> and it it involved very large stuffed animals and stuff, including a gigantic duck that was staring at you as soon as you walked in the door. Here's the thing. There's the fact you can't. I don't think there's any way to scientifically disprove that something doesn't exist. Therefore, it's just up, up to interpretation. Okay, well. In that case, that place was extremely haunted. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, I've definitely stayed. I, I don't think I've stayed in any places like that, but I've heard some real messed up stories from from some of my friends where odd stuff definitely happened to them. So there, there's a lot of things where you can just kind of explain away where it's, oh, brains are weird. But sometimes it's just like, uh... I don't really know. <laughs> but anyway. Yes. Just as s- speaking of ghosts, uh, Cloud is now dead uh, through the rest of this game. I think that's going to be the, the cliffhanger. You're just going to throw that end. out there that he's just like that and like just out no fanfare or anything. You're just going to drop it there. Well, that's the thing. that That's going to be the, the culmination of the ending uh, Final Fantasy Remake, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Part Tra. <laughs> Assuming they make three games. I mean, it'll take at least, I think it'll take at least three parts to get through it, given how far they've gotten in this one. Right here, after you fight the air splitter or whatever it is. Airbuster. Yeah. The, the, the robot, which honestly was a pretty interesting fight and way more intense than it was in the original game. Oh, yeah. I did like how they initially split you up. I immediately just switched to Blair to to Barrett and started blasting him with lightning and everything. Yeah, at that point, Barrett had a like lightning attack because I I gave him the material to do that, which worked out really nicely considering there's several times in that fight where basically only Barrett can do anything. Well, it's one of those things where they they give you a light machine gun in the course of that whole section because right. that's where you get it and. It's the only weapon that I had found so far that had a linked materia slot. Although I I think you did come back later and told me that the Buster Sword also had it. And then I was incredibly disappointed that I didn't notice that. I think one of Tifa's does too. I think yes, but you don't get it until that fight or until that section. It's the Sonic Blasters or yeah, whatever yeah. You get it Sonic sure, You get it during the like getting ready to go fight it when you're doing the making the decisions on which parts to keep. But it was very clear. I mean, the name was air 
Buster, and we were very clearly gearing up to fight it. Even if you hadn't played the original, it, the the amount of foreshadowing that they were pouring all over you constantly with, if we have to fight this thing, we should really just run away. Okay, Cloud. <laughs> and we're not going to get a, this is not going to be an opportunity where we're not going to. Yeah, like as soon, as soon as you say that, it's absolutely a boss fight. I mean, even already, even if I didn't already know. And then it's like, oh man, I really hope we don't run into that thing. It's like, you're you're going to. And then there's this whole section of, I, I mean, that we talked about last time of, of making it weaker. Yeah, which I, which was interesting. I like, I kind of liked that running around finding key cards and then like just with removing components. I, I thought that was kind of a nice touch. All of that was like, okay, uh, Barrett is going to be essential in this fight. And now he has linked materia done lightning all day. Yep. This is the moment, Andrew, where cloud dies officially. We already knew that so everything after the this only way to survive is to is to die, apparently. <laughs> it, it, no, the only way to survive is to parachute off. You are not going to survive a fall, and certainly not a fall into a roof and then onto a patch of flowers. I don't know if you've seen Mythbusters or the specific episode where they talk about falling from an incredibly high height, high enough that they need sun lamps to simulate the sun, but you're not gonna survive that. I mean, there have been all. a couple. There have been a couple of like fluke times where someone actually has survived that, but those are obviously the extreme outliers. The extreme outliers all include either being drunk or passed out, because part of the problem is when you know you're about to hit the ground, you tense up. Yeah. It's instincts. You don't have a choice. It's like, it's not possible unless you're inebriated and you have no idea what's going on, which is why, you know, typically drunk people survive car accidents, whereas other people don't. I will say one thing I actually kind of liked was, so when you, which I don't think we mentioned before, but when you catch up to Biggs and he basically shows you the path, he gives everybody grappling hooks, grappling guns. And I did like that that got used immediately thereafter to sort of help explain cloud situation a little bit because he like uses it to slow his fall down and like catch himself for a second and then it breaks and he falls again but you know from a lower height that's not enough to stop no but i did but i did like that they sort of tried to work something in with that i i appreciated the fact that he attempted to use it and what i thought that meant was he was going to use it to like stop him from like hitting the ground as he was close somehow but no, he uses it immediately and it breaks. So I was, Cloud has hit terminal velocity and he's dead. He just is. I don't care how cool guy, not a cool guy, this guy is. Cloud is dead. It's that Mako, man. It makes you super powered. It had no, Andrew. Just, just. I mean, it just does. No. <laughs> he. I don't care. He's dead. You. You don't. There ain't any amount of Mako on this planet that would allow cloud to survive that fall except in in the case where he does but this is the <laughs> moment where you find out that cloud is dead for the rest of this game and the entirety of the next 3 games are all just a fever dream that he is having which is why cloud 
since this story is 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 from his perspective becomes Aerith in certain parts becomes barrett in certain parts where you get to take over other characters cloud wouldn't know that and titus was very clear that this was his story and this is very clearly cloud's story as he's the main character so <laughs> he all of this is just a fever dream he's dead so he's titus just lying is there. just a dream cloud's just dreaming game over so he so you're saying he's just lying there like in the flowers with his broken body and just like wait the last few moments before he dies. The thing is, Aerith is there helping him because Aerith is already dead. Okay, now we're getting into some like Sixth Sense stuff. Yeah, that's the thing, man. She can talk to dead people. She can talk to the planet. Okay, but the kid who could talk to dead people in Sixth Sense was not dead. That was an important point. Well, yes, but she she is also dead. Which explains her 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 death, quote unquote, later. Assuming they still have her die, or there's a way to save her. Which, I would have to assume. The further is. we go, the more I'm thinking that that's probably going to be the case. Oh yeah, they're definitely setting up for a potential save, and which, which is seriously, if Wedge, Biggs, and Jesse die, I, I I cannot tell you how unbelievable. Like I get, hey Chris, this is Japan. The typical rules of everyone you're rooting for can't always survive. You know, right now we're we're in Game of Thrones territory here, where <laughs> anybody can die at any minute. But Andrew, I don't want them to die. I'm gonna be so devastated if it turns out that all three of them are permadead. Or more specifically, I'm gonna be even more upset if Wedge is the only one that makes it out and Wedge or and Biggs and Jesse die because in the <laughs> in the original game Wedge is fine down below and Tifa just ends up leaving him to go do whatever to go and end up and helping you guys and he's like oh I'm good or whatever I'll, I'll figure it out so if they save Wedge but not Biggs and Jesse Andrew I can't even fathom to you how unbelievably disappointed I'm going to be. It's not that I don't like Wedge. I mean, I guess it'll be nice for the comic for relief to actually survive, whereas the other two characters die, but that's the problem with the comic relief, Andrew. I do not care if he lives or dies. <laughs> they could kill Wedge, and I'll be sad. I mean, he was a nice guy, but that's the way he wrote him. They wrote him to be expendable. And I mean, they kind of wrote all of them. Biggs. I mean, I, I if Biggs dies, I don't really care that much either. But if Jesse dies, then I'm gonna be upset, Andrew. I just don't want Jesse to die. I've grown, I've grown too much liking of her character. I never have to see her again. I'm perfectly fine never seeing her, her, her thirsty ways again. But I just want to know that she's out there and thirsting on other dudes. <laughs> That's all. Well, she I might care just about. thirst. I mean, even if you never see her again, you've just got to know that somewhere she's still thirsting for Cloud, always. Not even just Cloud. You know, there's going to be other guys coming. To she's she, she's never going to move on. Let's be real. That level what of if she hooks. What if she hooks up with Roush? You know, he's another soldier. That level of thirst doesn't just go away, though. Andrew, if there's anything I've learned about thirst, it's expendable. You can always thirst again. I mean, she might move on to somebody else, but deep down, that that desire is not going away. Oh, no. Well, I mean, she's always going to have a desire for Cloud. That's always going to be a thing. Yeah, that's, that's what there, I'm getting there's at. Just, the problem is, Cloud is unattainable. 
And she's got to know that at this point. I mean, Aerith, Tifa, he is unattainable. <laughs> because even, even taking Aerith aside, Tifa has already planted her flag at, like, childhood. That's already claimed territory. Jesse does not get to just move in like the like the random girl in an anime who just decides suddenly that she's got to have the main character. Childhood friend. Th- there, there's just things that you can't... I was just waiting for you to say best girl. There is universal things that you just can't come between, you know? Well, I wouldn't say that childhood friend is always best girl because best girl is always tsundere. <laughs> now, if Jesse starts, you know, berating Cloud constantly... And then occasionally, you know, like, you didn't save me, you piece of trash, you're total garbage. But then every once in a while, she brings you flowers and stuff and talks about how great you are. Okay, I'm jumping ship. It's got to be Jesse <laughs> all day. There's nothing I can do. Okay, then. But anyway, n- now now that we've we've gotten all that stuff that, that quite literally doesn't matter all the way, except for the fact that Cloud is just dead. He's dead. He's He's, he's dead. <laughs> Everyone needs to come to terms with the fact that he's just dead. He is dead from now on. <laughs> this game is a lot darker than I remember him just dying like that. Uh, yeah. They, they make you... Th- what's even more dark about it is they make you think he's alive the whole time. And then they're like, here, take the wool off. By the way, he's been dead. Is his Titus all over again? He's fever dreaming and he's dead. Except he's not a dream of the faith or the Mako or... He's just straight up a ghost. <laughs> you know what? No, he is. He's a dream of Sethiroth. <laughs> really what's happening, Andrew, is that this is Sethiroth's... Sephiroth is just living in the northern crater and he has nothing else to do because he can't move. And he's just dreaming about Cloud. Exactly. He's like, this guy is the only one. He's going to come. He's going to rescue me. That's why you keep seeing him all over the place. He's like, I got to interject. He's like the 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 guys who think about a storyline and are like, I got to interject myself into this story. You know, maybe just he's like, like me, maybe just he's like, like me and Lulu, dreaming. you know, I'm interjecting myself into the Lulu story time or storyline because Waka is dead and <laughs> I have replaced him. Maybe he's like lucid dreaming, you know, so he can like control the dream there. Well, he's, he definitely controls the dream. He's got nothing else to do. I mean, yeah, he's been practicing this for decades at this point, because literally that's all he can do. Wouldn't that just be the ultimate insult to you that this game has just been about Sethroth this whole time? (laughs) It turns out Shinra's actually just like a super respectable company, and he's just dreamed about how there are these unbelievable horror monsters, and it's really just Sethroth is like, well, you know, I needed a villain to introduce the greater villain, which is myself, because I obviously <laughs> am better than everybody. That actually um, basically is a plot point of a different game that I was, I don't want to go into, but it's really funny that you described it that way, because that, that is a very close parallel to another game I played a long time ago. Yeah. Well, man, you know, the thing is there are only so many ideas out in the ether or the Mako and you're, ste- you're poaching ideas from the live stream. I get it. There's nothing I can do. I don't know what game you're alluding to. You can tell me, and I'll cut it out. Yeah, see, man, I've never played that. And you know what I'm going to do? What you just said there is going to be edited out so much with robotic B attack. Because I know. <laughs> I told people I was going to do it, and I never did. 
And I feel bad. I threw that in there just so you could do that. Is gonna be robotic bee attack times two now. Which would even be appropriate. But I've never played that game. So this one, I just, I, I literally took my fingers and plucked that from my fish who gave me the idea. I didn't think you would have played. You would have played it. I mean, I, I, that's not exactly a super common game. So Cloud's dead, right? And Se- Sephiroth is dreaming, right? Sephiroth's dream. He has Cloud wake up to Aerith. This is where we meet Aerith for the second time. First time we really get introduced to her, and not just the flower girl. In the main, in the original game, you actually got an option to whether you remember her or not. And I'm guessing that has to do with the whole secret, like, romance metric. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you don't get that option this time because he just auto-remembers her. Which is fine, because no matter what, I wasn't going to be a jerk. I definitely remember her. Even if I was... Even if I hadn't played it before, even if I had no idea who Aerith was, I'm like, it's kind of unforgettable, you know? When, when you meet a girl and she doesn't look like any of the other girls... Yeah. Oh, it's well. You must be important. It's the uh, anime syndrome of oh, you you don't have the exact same school uniform as everyone else. I wonder what that means. Oh, you have a pink bow. Your eyes are green, and you're wearing a pink dress. Wow! Everybody else is wearing brown and gray. You must be a main character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like her her she she was born with a pink bow. And what a surprise, her mom had to die. She has to fit Uh, in with every other anime trope. She was born as a main character, so her mom had to die. In a lot of ways, she really feels like the main character of the story in a way that Cloud doesn't. It's not nearly as bad as some of the other Final Fantasies, but it was kind of like how Yuna kind of really feels like the main character of 10. Aerith kind of really feels like the main character of 7. I I don't know what feelings you're getting that I'm not, but... Just, I mean, like the... The way the story is presented in a lot of ways, like, it, it revolves around her conflict, but they do more interesting things with that concept in Seven, but it's certainly not the worst example of that, though, because by far the worst of that that Final Fantasy ever did was Final Fantasy Twelve, where the main character literally has nothing to do with the story, like, at all. I don't know if we're just playing a different remake, but I am not getting that vibe at all, or is that stuff that's, like, in other games? It's clear that sh- there's other stuff going on with her, but... I am really not getting what you're putting down here. We'll probably talk about that a little more as we get further in. You wake up, you, you have a little banter back and forth. Yeah, like you do when you're when you're just barely surviving. <laughs> yeah, well, he's de- okay. He's dead. We we know that already. And so, so the whole game. May- okay, maybe Aerith is alive, but everybody else is dead. Now it's like a Killer Seven situation where it's all like her and a bunch of ghosts what (laughs) you i don't know what you just said but my my mind has been blown (laughs) you don't even understand it but it blew your mind anyway yeah my brain is like i don't know what this man is talking about but everything he's saying is making perfect sense (laughs) somehow i have no clue what he even just said but there it is The, but the I, true answer. I was going to say, yeah. I don't, I don't know what he said, but I know it's right. <laughs> Until you are interrupted by Reno 911. Yes. <laughs> Who, again, 
showed up in the original game in this point. But With un- a shock stick. But unlike the original game, you actually have to fight him this time. Oh, yeah, that's right. You didn't fight him in the original game. You you fought his lackeys. But, yeah, you actually had to fight him this time. And he sucks. Oh, I had no problems with Reno. I had lots of problems with Rude, though. I found Reno a lot more annoying just because he's so, like, he would, like, zip around and leave, like, those lightning trails, and then it would hurt you. Oh, well, that's easy. Just blast him from, with, with fire from a distance or whatever. I, I really didn't have a problem with Reno. I mean, all. still, I, I beat him. I beat him. I didn't, like, struggle because somehow, and I, I'm honestly surprised in myself because there have been a... a multiple really close calls but i still have managed to i'm still doing this on one run i don't know what you're talking about by one run like where are I you still got- trying to bring up the fact that you haven't died yet Jeez, well, yeah, that's, this and, is what i was oh, saying like, look at this freaking guy he's like the master of video games he hasn't died once everybody let's just put a moment of silence in here <laughs> and reflect on how wonderful Andrew is at video games. I mean, I think that's a little excessive. <laughs> okay. Now you can say your piece. <laughs> now that everyone has come to terms with how good Andrew is at games. That is not true. I just seem to be doing pretty well at this game. The, the, the problem I have and have had a few times is I am just woefully unprepared for the current boss. The reason I had so many problems with Rude the first time, and I almost beat him, the reason I had so many problems is I was like, boom, assess. Wind? Uh, let's pump the brakes here. (laughs) What do you mean? We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, though. I do not have a single wind materia. Andrew, you were talking about your issues with Rude, but how, or or with me, you know, and how you still won. I can at least talk about Rude for a minute because he's like maybe a half hour into the future okay all i'm saying is wind shows up and i'm like where has this been the entire game what do you mean there's wind i thought there was only three i don't know what's going on here but anyway you fight reno you win because of course you do some of us have a little struggle but they don't die thankfully one of us destroyed him and then you do that little mini game again Except it's not so much of a minigame at all. It's literally just like one thing. You just get on the pillars, which was cool, except until you had to move. And then it's like Cloud is just sitting there. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm hitting the directional arrow. And Cloud is just sitting there doing nothing. And getting shot at. And he's not moving. And nothing's happening. The controls seemed very clunky. Almost as if maybe that portion shouldn't have been there in the first place. But... Whatever. They were definite. I mean, it's pretty clear as we've gone through this that they were absolutely not going to cut anything from the base game. They were added a bunch of stuff, but they're like, even the most minute thing that happens in like two seconds is going to be there in some capacity. Which is fine, but at least make the controls not so clunky. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you because like I, I wouldn't have been torn up if the barrel dropping thing hadn't been there at all, to be perfectly honest. And. and- they they replaced it instead of just pushing the barrel over. You have to drop the monkey chandelier. bar across yeah. a lattice to get to a chandelier. And it's just like, not only are there those ghost things everywhere, because the ghost things, this is the first indication that you have that 
maybe the ghosts aren't related to Sethroth. Yeah. Because they save Aerith. Yeah. That was like, um, what? What are, what is going on here? Yeah, the further we go, the more I start to, th- like, I, I'm starting to get a new theory on what, what, what the deal is with the ghosts. So I guess, I, I mean, is it a theory you can bring up now, or is it something based off of information you get later? I mean, it, I can bring it up now. I, I don't know that I have a lot to go on yet, but as we get further in, I mean, we'll find out, but like right around this point is the point where, yeah, I made the same realization that, okay, so this isn't a Sephiroth thing because he wouldn't be doing this. So what else is there? So I guess what, what is your theory around it? So the ghosts feel like they're kind of there to make sure things happen the right way. Because when I think back on it, pretty much every time they show up is when things deviate a little bit. And then the results of that deviation, the after the ghosts are done, things are back to normal from the original game. Because like when I think back on it, because like in chapter two, when Sephiroth like does the extremely foreshadowing of touching Aerith, the ghosts are there and like swirl around her and kind of keep him off of her. And when Cloud isn't going to go on the mission... For the second reactor, the ghosts show up, and then as a result of that, Jesse gets hurt and can't go, and so Cloud has to take her spot. So, so that okay, now that you've said that, that makes a lot of sense, but now that's incredibly interesting. Is that basically the... I, I'm really confused as to how they're going to use that as the plot device, because it, it kind of sounds like, hey, these are changes we kind of wanted to make, but didn't. So, I'm actually, like... This is one of the things that the further I get, the more I'm starting to wonder about it, because that potentially makes this more interesting than I thought it was going to be, because, I mean, now we're getting into some, like, are we talking about, like, changing fate or things like that? Like, is that going to be what this winds up being about and not just the story of the original? Like, because if they're doing something new with it, that actually makes me a little more interested. And because at first they're... So there's a bit later in the original game where there's something sort of similar to the ghosts that like were connected to Sephiroth, which is where I immediately made that jump. But I, it really doesn't seem like it's the case now. Or and like this time, you know, like things went different. Like Reno fights you, and the situation is actually worse because he, you know, is being a lot more persistent about it than he was. And then with the ghosts, he winds up backing off. Again, like thinking back on like the first time that you actually fight the ghosts happens in again when Jesse's going to go on the mission and they were getting ready to leave and then all of a sudden these ghosts show up and then oh well they back off oh but Jesse got hurt now Jesse can't go Cloud has to go. So it's like they're putting things back on the right path and I like I don't know how else to and that feels really weird to say and I feel like I maybe I'm not being specific enough but I, here's the thing, Andrew, I am picking up exactly what you're putting down. I, 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 I get exactly what you're saying. And the question I have is that while that is cool, unless there is some sort of larger thing later where you can manipulate certain events, it it's also mildly disappointing because it's like, yeah, this is going to be the exact same story and there's literally no way around it. It's not going to change. And this is because these things are always going to make it right. And and that would be if they if they're introducing the, I mean it could be that I'm taking this the wrong way, but if they are if that is really what's going on here, I agree if they if there's no 
opportunity for this to become relevant later that's going to feel really weird, even if it's not in this game. But, like, again, the first thing that immediately jumps to mind is when Aerith dies. Like, are we going to have a bit where we can try to fight through some ghosts to try to make something happen? Is it inevitably going to be the same thing? I don't know. And the real question that I have is it's almost however they decide to use it. Right now, I'm thinking it, thinking of it as a the developers want to deviate, but the game itself is actively going, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. That would be interesting if it's like a meta commentary from the developers in that sense. I mean... In that case, there's no way we would ever know unless they, like, talk about it later in an interview or something that, you know, oh, well, this was just us kind of making winks of, hey, we really wanted to do something different. Oh, but we felt like we had to because the fans would have been mad or whatever. That would that would be interesting. I kind of hope they do more with it than that. But, I mean, that very well could be what's going on. I don't know. They, they could have a whole game where there could be a whole section of basically, like, time-traveling cloud group of going back and changing what the ghosts changed. And you could see what impact that would have had on the group as a whole. Like if cloud doesn't go on the mission, does everybody get wiped out? Because cloud is certainly way stronger than pretty much everyone there up to and including Barrett and Tifa. And let's be real. Barrett and Tifa are both really good. They're obviously main character quality, but cloud is very clearly built up to be the stronger of essentially everyone. Yeah. And so that would be really cool if there was some exploration in like a different game of here's different paths you can change and here's how the world would have been different because of it. Yeah. And or even if, you know, like at some point, maybe this is this could be like a butterfly effect thing, which would be very similar to what you're saying. Or maybe, you know, there is a point where we successfully make a difference and fight past like, you know, stop the ghost and and, and make a deviation and then. There's some kind of ripple effect. And I mean, maybe the ghosts are doing the right thing and we would find that out because things go worse. Like, who knows? But maybe every time the ghosts show up and you have an opportunity to fight them, that is where something can change. Maybe something changes because you were fighting whatever the ghosts were doing or whatever they are. Mysterious entity or figure or whatever. Yeah. So. Because they're definitely not ghosts because you run into ghosts later. Like actual ghosts, yeah. And so, they're definitely not that. My my theory as far as that goes is they're part of the planet's defense system. That's that's my current operating theory right now. Interesting. Well, because, and I know you wouldn't know this because it's further than we got in the base game, but later on, as the situation gets worse, it gets established that like the planet can sort of like use the live stream to make... Because, like, uh, Ultima Weapon and the weapons, uh, you know, like how most of the games have, like, Ultima and Omega Weapon and stuff. Well, in 7, yeah. those are those are summons from the planet to basically try to, oh, no, things are going really bad. I have to do something. No, I know. And, and then, I mean, spoilers for the very end of Final Fantasy 7. I also know that in the very end, Mako basically, like, rises up out of the planet and saves everybody. Yes. So, like, I, I know that the planet does have defense mechanisms and everything like that. Like I am aware of that. So that makes me wonder if the ghosts are like, like if the planet has some sort of a bill, you know, if the life stream is basically, you know, the afterlife or whatever. So it has all, as I understand it, you know, it has the collected knowledge of basically everybody who's come through because that's what materia is essentially is you're calling on the ancients to do something that you don't remember how to do anymore. 
the ancient civilization was, you know, super advanced because that's how long lost civilizations always are in games and, and shows and stuff like that, right? Well, does that mean that the ancients of this world is Titus and company? I mean, if you want to accept that that theory, which I'm all about, I think that's really cool, then yes. I mean, they use spheres to change job classes in Final Fantasy X, too. Yeah. No, like, I mean, a sphere, going from spheres to materia is hardly a stretch. Because that's the thing. After Final Fantasy X, too, what do you need magic for anymore? Or after X? Nobody really needs magic anymore. Sin is dead. It's gone forever. Wouldn't people just slowly stop using magic? Especially as technology we got more advanced and, you know, Machina and stuff became more of a thing. And then, hey, we need something to power all of this. Hmm. Which it does. Yeah. And then they use spheres to change job classes, which you can't use magic without being specific job classes. Why on earth, you know, Yuna and Riku would just forget that they had these special powers? I, I don't know. But, you know, it's one thing they could do of, yeah, the world just doesn't really need magic anymore. So it just slowly starts to fade away. And Shinra already developed a way to use magic through the materia or whatever, which are the little spheres that he finds. Harness the That's spheres, it, man. Yeah. We've tied it all together. It's it's done. It's there. Podcast over. <laughs> We've accomplished our objective. Yeah. But no, I've always been a fan of that theory that 10 is a prequel to 10 and 10 2 are a prequel to 7. I think there's a lot. Like, I think that's. The original stated objective of this podcast was to play games t together to talk about it because you refused to play games with me. But that was not the stated objective. That was just your personal objective. No, that was the stated objective that I, I stated <laughs> multiple times. The secret objective was to tie Final Fantasy X, my favorite Final Fantasy, potentially now, my, my, my favorite Final Fantasy, to Final Fantasy VII. That was the secret objective. And I think we've all but done it. So you're saying we completed a side quest. I've accomplished everything I've wanted to accomplish. I don't right. need to play video games. Anymore. I was just saying, so this is the last episode of uh, video games cover to cover. Yeah. Um, I just got nothing. <laughs> I love Lulu. And that's it. It's, we're done. Episode over. Podcast over. Gone forever. And forgotten. Immediately. <laughs> out of sight, immediately out of mind. <laughs> It's, so, for, it's forgotten uh, so quickly this episode will never even go up because we won't remember. Geez, that, here's the thing. I don't even remember what we were talking about anymore. I, I think we had just ran into Aerith. We were talking Basically, about the ghosts or the we're, entities. We're like 30, 40 minutes in. We haven't even talked about this chapter. So yeah, so whatever these entities are, they sort of help you get away uh, and keep Reno and company busy. Which I easily defeated him anyway. What are they going to do? Just like the whole Roush thing of him taking out a bunch of things. I could have done that easily. You're like, oh, there's 50, 60 guys here. This is going to be so difficult. No, no, it's not. I, this is like Dynasty Warriors play style. I can destroy <laughs> all of them in a matter of minutes with Punisher mode. And I, I understand now, Operator is the default mode that you're in. When you click triangle, 
you go in to Punisher mode and an option just comes up for operator to take you back to operator mode. <laughs> I understand. But when operator is in the corner, I don't know what I'm supposed to think. I, I will definitely say, though, that ever since we had that conversation, I took your advice and I basically switch modes and never leave it, just like you were saying. And I agree. I'm like destroying things way easier than I was. Which doesn't that make nail bat so like the ability you get from nail bat because ding, ding, ding. Guess what? We like immediately get two more like six chapters in. You immediately get two more weapons right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of them is Nailbat, and I hate it. Yeah, Nailbat sucks, but its ability is awesome. I use Nailbat long enough to get the ability, and I, I think what's really funny is Nailbat is basically Tifa mode, but Punisher mode is so unbelievably slow that it's just not worth it to ever use Nailbat. It just isn't. And And the weird thing is, like, if you level it up, because like I, every time I go in to spend points, I go through and spend it even on swords I'm not using anymore and stuff just to keep up with it. There's a bunch of materia slots and stuff, so I feel like at some point it could get good, but it's just it's so slow. It's it's so painful. Yeah. Punisher mode is just you never want to use it, and its skill is literally use skill switch modes. Which is why I love that skill because I immediately went back to Buster Sword and I use that constantly. Yeah. And then not long after that, yeah, you get another sword, which I is the one I have been using for the rest of the game since then. I switched back to Buster Sword a long time ago. Oh, I, I've been using Buster Sword ever since I got that one's ability. I don't really care for that sword either. Oh, you don't you don't like Hard Edge? No, I don't really like Hard Edge. I mean, it, it's fine for a sword, but I immediately switch back to Buster Sword because I just, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like the abilities that Hard Edge gets, and I'm just not to a point where, to me, it, it only has three materia slots, which I, I absolutely hate. I'm not at a point where I can level it up to have more materia slots than that. I, I want more materia slots, and I just don't generally care for its abilities Anyway, fair enough. I'm not super surprised because I know it's very like physical attack heavy and less like magic heavy. So I'm not super surprised that it's not your favorite. It, it has nothing to do with it. I just don't like the fact that its attack stats are. Oh, if your HP is above this point, you get more damage. If your this is above this, you get more damage. If you're doing this, you get more damage. I don't want to have to keep track of any of that when I'm fighting, man. I just don't want to do it. And three materia slots is just not enough. Especially not when one of the battle intels you get like immediately after that is max out all 12 materia slots. It's like, or all 12 magic types. It's like, what? That's going to take forever. But that's like, you know, geez, like six hours in the future. So I just have a lot. I, I just don't care for hard edge right now. It might get really good later by the time I actually get another new sword. But I, I have not really used it at all. Because I don't, I, I seriously don't use magic as much as you would think I would, because I just don't get the opportunity to. And we said last episode, I was complaining that there wasn't a way to get more ATB bars. There is, but you have to sacrifice half of your limit bar in order to do it. And you only get one for that specific fight. And it's like, what is even the point now? Have you finished? 
the refocus battle intel though? Yes, of course I have. But see, I actually haven't, and I was going to say it because I because the material that you get out of it made it look like it was basically going to do that as a permanent thing. No, oh. the material you get out of it sucks. Oh, that's unfortunate. It t- the material tells you exactly what it is and what it does. Well, I, I don't have the material yet, so I can't do that because I haven't finished the thing yet. Oh, it's so easy. Why didn't you do it at the tournament? I did it for the first time there, but I just didn't get a, a limit break again to use it again. Um, Andrew, just get to the last fight in the tournament and block until you get a limit break. It only, it seriously only takes like two minutes. You just block. The dragon thing just keeps attacking you over and over and over. Occasionally heal. Just wait till you get a limit break and boom, refocus. Done. I had it immediately. Yeah, I'll, like, next time I can go to the arena or whatever, I'll take care of that then. That that was like me when you were like, hey, man, why didn't you just get the new limit breaks? What? What do you mean there's new limit breaks? Which, again, still in the future. Yeah, all of, these, all of these things are very in the future. That's a little spoil. That's, that's part of the problem with me enjoying this game so much. I, I, I mean, to a lesser degree, both of us, because we're obviously very far into the future. You sync up uh, with Aerith, and then you go through the whole... You've got to jump across the city ledges and stuff again, which, I mean, it was cool that they added it in there, but I, I you really could have just fast-forwarded through all that. It was basically... The only thing, and this is this is what I want to clarify. When you first get Aerith, she 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 mentions, okay, he's my bodyguard. He basically treats her as a client from the moment he meets her until basically the end of her entire section. Because every time enemies show up, he's like, stay back. I'll take care of it. And she's like, uh, no, dude, I can do it too. When they have that conversation over and over and over on every single random battle, I, n- I don't want to say I got to the point where I didn't like Aerith. I didn't like her being there because it was so annoying how he was treating her the entire way. He just treated her as if she was a no good for nothing client. And I started to see her as a good for nothing client because it was just so annoying to have that conversation over and over and over. And through the entirety of the section with her, he continues to basically just treat her as a client instead of a friend who clearly can battle. I mean, dude, one of her staffs later on in the game gets an ability called Ray of Judgment, and she rises up out of the ground flies in the air and shoots a Kamehameha blast out of her staff continually at the enemy. And I'm like, this is quite honestly the coolest thing I've ever seen in this game. (laughs) And I do it constantly. Now, enemies that are fast constantly move out of the way and then they don't get hit. Like if you're fighting a dog or something, she misses a bunch with it. But if it's a slow-moving enemy where they really can't get away or they're already staggered because its ability is significantly increased stagger, which I was so angry. I texted Andrew about this. I was like, I'm never going to get this increase of stagger thing. This is insane. I hate it. I don't understand why this is a metric. Literally five minutes later, I already had it. And it was thanks to Ray of Judgment and Aerith. And then I texted, I, I, I texted you again. I, I get like... Five minutes later, uh, never mind. I already got it. <laughs> yes, I remember that. 
11.55 p.m. I'm never going to get stagger 200%. 12.09 a.m. Never mind. I immediately got it. <laughs> uh, but But anyway, I really, ever since he stopped treating her as a client, she has grown on me so fast and so quick. I really like Eris' character now. And, and and the only reason why I didn't like it in the before was had nothing to do with her and everything to do with how Cloud was treating her. Which is interesting because it's not really any different than he treats anybody else. I get that, but the game itself, he never, he doesn't really, he treats random other people that way. He has, he never went and, and berated Wedge, Biggs, or Jesse about how useless they are. I mean, he did treat them in a sense of, yeah, I could basically do all of this without you, but because they weren't in a battle with you, it didn't come up nearly as often as it does with Aerith. Because maybe it was just, it just kept happening for me. Maybe I just kept noticing it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's but, kind of the problem is like they've got a variety of battle quotes, but there's only a few for each like character combination and section of the story. So yeah, the combat about, you know, get behind me. Oh no, I can take care of myself happens a bunch in that section. It, it, it happened so frequently that I'm like, I, I just seriously would rather not have her in the party than have this keep coming up because it's just so annoying because I just don't, it's so very clear that she can take care of herself. I mean, minus the whole, yeah, I don't think Aerith could have taken on Reno, which is exactly why she enlists your help. Yeah, it, it just, it took, it kind of, because of that, it took me a little while to warm up to her, but it was, it was really the section between after her whole section and going to find Tifa again, that whole section underground that we'll we'll talk to in detail more later. I just slowly fell in love with her character. Anyway, so after you leave, you go and it's time to do more side quests back in town. Well, I guess that's not true. First, you go to her house and she basically insists that you stay over and her mother is making dinner. And so during that time, you get to go out and do random side quests around the town. And there's some other, there's some nice things. Like I finally got to use the Moogle medals that I've been collecting. And oh man, there's some great stuff there. Well, specifically her mother says, Hey, I need you because you, you kind of have this conversation of she shows up. She's like, Hey, I'm home. And cloud just kind of walks in behind her. And her mom's like, (laughs) uh, who is this dude? And why is he with you? Also, he's very clearly a soldier. Now, you don't know anything about her mom and her quite yet, but her mom is very immediately, uh, what are you doing here, bro? And she's like, oh, he's my bodyguard. She's like, I've invited him to dinner. And she's like, well, it's not going to be ready for a little while, so you might as well go out and do whatever. And the first thing you do is you go get flowers for the orphanage. Apparently, the orphanage will change dependent on what flowers you chose. I went with three daffodils or whatever it is, the white ones, and one foxtail. I didn't see a single foxtail anywhere in that entire thing, so I don't understand how that's supposed to change. But you only had three items to choose from anyway, so how is that orphanage going to change all that much? I have no idea. I picked, I think, one of each. So I didn't, because I didn't want yellow. 
I didn't want yellow up there. I wanted to go to her other, way more colorful flower section, and the game just kept going, you can't Oh, do yeah, that. no, I wanted to go there, too, but I was like, uh, okay, so I guess I'm just going to take one of these, each of these three. What's really funny is I immediately went up to search for the materia and saw that it wasn't there. I'm like, uh, there was a materia here in the original game. What is this? Why is there no materia? Because every single time I see materia, I immediately go after. Oh, absolutely. As soon as there's a materia, I'm like, "Eh, I got to go get that now. Especially when it's like blue or purple. Because those are pretty rare. You never get those except if it's HP up and MP up, which you get like candy. And I don't even use them. I'm really I think I have an MP up on Aerith, but that's about it. I'm really surprised, though, because... Purples were the ones I felt like I'd never got in the original game, and I was, like, rolling in blues, and I have, like, two or three blues, period. Yeah, I think I have a total of four blues where I'm at now, I think. I've got Elemental. Right. I've got Synergy. I've got... The equivalent to All, which I can never remember what it's called now, but it's not All anymore. Yeah, it's like, it starts with an M. Magnify. Magnify. Which it doesn't always work either. It bounces from what it has a chance to bounce from one to another. And each time it does 50% less damage. But it also it, doesn't does bounce. But it also doesn't have like a limit of number of casts per battle like it did in the original. Yes. Because it just happened like you get that chance every single time you use the relevant spell now. And I think the chance goes up as if it they're levels close up. enough. Right. So maybe I only have three because I don't think I do have another one. No, 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 no. No, I have, I have, um, I have warding I have one more. also. I don't remember what it's called, but if you link it to like sleep or poison, you it's basically warding. get immunity to it. Yeah, it's, it, the, the, it's the name of the material is warding. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I do have four. But yes, it, it gives you immunity to whatever status effect material you equip. I, I was, I was very disappointed that there was no material there, but we move on with our life. Then you go into the town and you kind of do all the the side quests. One of the first things that you can do after you do the flower side quest and actually give them the flowers and everything. Which isn't actually a side quest. You have to do that one. Well, yes. It's not really what I meant, but (laughs) then you go into then then you get there and it turns out a bunch of kids are doing essentially the neighborhood watch kind of sort of. Yeah, they're like. Uh, not, not exactly neighborhood watch. It was just sort of like they, they said that they said they like run errands and stuff. Just like helping. Yeah, they go around the town and they help people out where they can. And then that's, and that's how the orphanage how gets the donations. Donations come up. Now, that's actually really interesting. I mean, I would say that that's kind of a good, hey, we're, we're providing a service and you're giving us donations. But at the same time, that's also child labor. So yeah, maybe in like a small slums type situation, it's not a bad metric but if you were to do that here it would 100% be a no-go do some chores and then we'll donate to the orphanage which then you find out later that the donations are very clearly not enough and the kids have said yeah they think we don't know but we totally know that the donations just aren't enough It's like okay cool yep so you're doing a bunch of work and it's not even going to help keep the orphanage open I mean, it helps, but it's clearly not enough, yeah. Maybe it's time to raise the donation? I don't know. Or, you know, maybe just stop doing the whole child labor thing. But whatever. It's the slums. Whatever whatever happens in the slums stays in the slums, I guess. I mean, everybody's clearly got a, got a hard life going on there, so it's not like it's a matter of, you know, 
Uh, everybody's doing the best with what they've got. I get that, but it, it, at a certain like you're still supposed to protect the children. No, I don't disagree. I'm just saying. I mean, like it's not like everybody else in the sector is running around in that section was running around with loads of money or whatever. They was clearly everybody was broke. Except for the reporter guy. He was very clearly yes, running around with pockets. But they money. also specifically said he came from Topside. I know. Which is where all the rich people live. But there, there's... And, and like I was kind of saying before, it was a lot of the same quests. Instead of cats, this time we're fetching kids, all with buster swords on their back. Yeah, which, little wooden buster swords, which is funny. At that point in the game, Cloud hadn't even done anything yet, so... Unless they just got word from Sector 7 about how great you were. I honestly think maybe that's maybe that's just a sign that the Buster Sword is just a common design for a sword. Because like, like we said before, they talked about, you know, the guy, the weapon shop guy was talking about how all of a sudden everybody's coming in and wanting these. So it's not like it's a unique blade or whatever, which it, even though it kind of had that impression in the fir- in the original game, clearly it's just a thing that people use. Which is just insane. Yeah, for real. It's just insane. If because Cloud, I think he even mentions in this one at some point, you know, Sethroth is the only one that can wield that blade. Dude, if the common man is going around and wielding blades that are the size of people, Sethroth's sword is nothing. It's just nothing. Once you find each one of the kids, that's how you actually unlock Nailbat because one of the children as a reward gives you the nail bat yeah their treasure and i i was immediately like uh it's probably good that you're giving this to me because i really don't like the idea of you having this except for the fact that one of the kids definitely ran away also holding a nail bat so these kids are like hardened they know what's up they're (laughs) running around with bats that they've just nailed nails into and they're like that's just the way it is now, you know, it's nail bat time. So I, I don't know if it was in this side quest. It might have been, but they also take you to these other kids where they have this secret section of the town. Yeah, they're, they're little like kids hideout. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, we don't want to, we don't anyone, we don't want anyone to know this is here and this is our little special thing. And but you could come, but cloud, there are a bunch cool. of monsters, so we kind of need you to go in and take it out. Okay. Yeah, that that strikes me as kind of an issue. It's like, well, maybe you should have told adults about this. And they're like, no, no, no. This is our special place. If we tell them about it, they're going to not let us go. There are monsters. They should definitely be telling you not to go. You you literally save two kids who are about to be killed by monsters. Yep. Kids. More specifically, Aerith. You're walking around with me. Why are you just letting this happen? Yep. (laughs) I feel like Cloud and Aerith, to a lesser degree, Cloud, because he doesn't care about anyone. And also, he literally just got here. Why is nobody doing anything about that? If I was Aerith, I would have had a a, a little thing of, hey, uh, ma'am, by the way, uh, might want to not let the kids go into that hideout because there's a bunch of murderous monsters in there. Now, Cloud killed them. But, not Cloud and myself killed them, but, and this is a very big but, those monsters are d- going to come back any day. But but that's where you, that's where the Moogle medal is at. Yeah. And, and that's where you get to play another mini game. The box breaker. Whack-a-box. Oh, whack-a-box. Yeah, that's right. Which is exactly the name. And that's what I like about these kids. 
It is straight and to the point. And like, we had that conversation before. <laughs> whack a box. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm pretty sure it's going to involve whacking boxes. And guess what, Andrew? It's literally just whacking boxes. I do want to say, though, you whack an awful lot of boxes, and all I can think about is how much time and effort did those kids put into setting this up, and then Cloud just, like, barrels through and destroys everything. One of the boxes is bigger than Cloud. How did those kids just <laughs> even get that? <laughs> right. Which just more lends credence to this is just some weird Sethroff dream that he's having, where occasionally he wants to play darts and whack boxes. Well, so, so, so there you go. So, yeah. I mean, Cloud isn't recognizing... it. This could even be, again, a cloud fever dream as he's, you know, lying there dying, like we said, because he doesn't recognize that the stuff he, he doesn't think he's a cool guy. He doesn't recognize that the stuff he's doing is crazy. So as far as he's concerned, oh, yeah, everybody uses these swords all the time. It's no big deal. Yeah, these kids could totally just do all this stuff. I mean, I'm not I'm doing nothing good or interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these kids just materialize boxes out of nowhere. That's not, I mean, that makes sense. They even get the boxes to destroy. It's like, these are the slums. It's not like they're they're constantly ordering Amazon packages. Now, <laughs> I could easily play Whack-A-Box outside of my backyard pretty much whenever I wanted from the myriad of Amazon boxes that come to my house on a weekly basis. But, you know, I'm not. Those have got to be leftover boxes from construction material because the tooltips, uh, and this was an interesting thing that I found out because I did not think this was true at all, but the loading tooltips that you get, one of them mentioned that Shinra as a company has only been around for like 20 years. I'm like, how did they do all of this? Yeah, they even mentioned that in the game. Because like I, I, I don't know where it was, but they do mention that Shinra has not been in business for very long. Yeah, and... The, I, I, like, I knew they had only recently gotten into power generation because of the Mako, because they used to do weapons before that. But I was like, I was under the impression that this was, you know, a multi-generational company. But President Shinra is literally the founder of the company. Like, it didn't exist before him. And it's like, how did they build this massive, like, cyberpunk dystopia city in, like, 20 years? That's, like, mind-boggling. Now, I don't want to bring up old wounds, but that just lends... Even more credence to my whole discussion of maybe not jump straight to blowing up factories. Because if they haven't been in business for that long, doesn't really seem like there was a whole lot of time for doing this peacefully. Well, the flip side to that, though, is apparently it won't take them very long to rebuild. So it's really a minor inconvenience. <laughs> exactly. So once again, it's going to keep coming up because we're, we're not out of Midgar yet. And we won't be this entire game. There, There's every single time something happens, it's like, yeah, maybe they probably just shouldn't have been doing that at all, which is my entire argument the entire time. But this is a happy section because this is Aerith. Not that the other sections aren't happy without Aerith. This is happy because Aerith's section d definitely seemed way more lighthearted than uh, I would say Tifa's did. I mean, aside from... The fights with Reno and Rude in general, yes, it's a very like light section. Well, well, not even just light. I, I just mean more lighthearted because even no, that's what I meant. Like the Reno, Reno and Rude was stuff really was the only in this whole section. Reno was really basically the only jerk because as Rude was beating you up, he was more than respectful about it, which ticked me off even more. Yeah, Rude. 
Rude is really interesting because he's so... He is not rude at yeah. all. Yeah, he's just like, he's like the consummate professional. He's like, I, I don't really want to do this, but it's my job, so I'm sorry. And, and his name is like Fat Albert. <laughs> if Fat Albert was a skinny twig. It's an ironic name is what you're saying. I, I was trying to think of like Fat Joe or whatever from a movie but I cannot remember what movie it is. I cannot remember the character's name. So I went straight to Fat Albert, and it made no sense at all because that would imply <laughs> that Rude is a gigantic douchebag, but he's not. He is the polar opposite of his namesake. Uh, but yeah, so as you're doing a lot of these side quests, the, the main story quest is kind of always looming because at one point you get e immediately from doing the side quests you get the orphanage lady basically saying, hey, um, there's this dude in a suit who looked really ominous that was walking towards your house. May want to go check that out. Actually doing Eris side quest has an impact on the game. Really? The dress you get for Aerith in Wall Market directly correlates to how many side quests you did. I didn't know that. That's interesting. There are three dresses you can get. The best one obviously, is doing all the side quests. Well, then I definitely got the best one, because, yeah, I did it. I always do all the side quests before I move on. The other two are, they look very similar in nature, and one of them is doing no side quests, and the other one is doing, like, half the side quests. Basically, any side quest minus one. Like, all of the side quests, one to all minus one. <laughs> So 0% completion, 100% completion, and then literally anything else. Yes. And so I didn't find that out until later when I was trying to figure out what the metrics was for dresses because my wife got a very different dress than I did. And, and we'll go into a, a way more detail on that next week. But it was really interesting how they did that, that whole dress situation. This has just happened to be one of them, uh, the side quest for Aerith. But then there, there, there was one particular side quest that I had a lot of problems with. I, we had alluded to an earlier episode. I had some problems in this section. One of them was rude. One of them was the side quest with the old man. The, the old guy. Oh, in the graveyard. You, yeah. Yes. And that was interesting because you couldn't even get into the graveyard unless you go talk to the Moogle kid and buy the key. Bought it for money. Now, there's other things you can buy. One of her staffs you can buy. And books that you can buy that give everybody skill points for their weapons, which is awesome. Yes, which I could only afford two books and all the weapons and graveyard key. Yeah, I'm hoping I get to go back at some point because I keep collecting medals and I'm immediately like, oh, I want to buy the rest of the stuff. Uh, you do. Awesome. You get to go back to every section. This older guy... Essentially says, hey, my wife is dead. Hey, sorry, man. Happens. I get it. She's old. You're old. You be happy with the time that you spent. Although telling somebody whose significant other is dead, just be happy. Which is why I'm glad I didn't have this conversation with him. Because obviously that doesn't help anybody. When a complete stranger <laughs> just says, hey, man, just be happy with that you had time with them. It's like, okay, douchebag. I don't know you. Uh, never talk to me again. Uh, it Pro tip, I can't talk to people. I can, uh, but, you know, whatever. I, I, I typically say the wrong things a lot. <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah, like you say the wrong thing. Like, for example, when you talk about how Sephiroth is more interesting than Shinra, that's obviously saying the wrong thing. Anyway, so he wants to take, he wants to basically put like flowers at a grave or whatever, but he can't because there's monsters and he wants you to deal with them. Well, he can't even get into the graveyard. He, he says that he can't even get into the graveyard because they locked it up, probably because of the fact that there's a bunch of monsters there. Those monsters, so fun, so fun, cast sleep on you every five seconds. So you constantly get put to sleep. And then I'm like, oh, cool. I've, I've killed one of them. I'm good to go. I have some breathing room. Sleep. Aerith dead. Cloud dead. Okay. I'm going to go into an immediate rage. <laughs> after, a- after this happened for a few times. You know, that was, that was on one of my lunch breaks. And I'm like, okay. I hate everything in existence. Uh, this game. Everyone who created this game. And anything related to this game. And I'm never going to play it again. And uh, n- now I've learned to go to the punching bag and, and punch my frustrations out. And then, you know, come back at a later time. Came back, absolutely annihilated them later. But at the time, infinite anger. So mad <laughs> that, that I lost to them multiple times. Because the thing is, the first time, and this is the same thing that happened with Rude, I was so close. I don't mind if I lose. I do mind if I was inches away from beating them and then lose to some game mechanic crap that I can't help. Like, hey, why does one monster get to spam sleep and sleep Aerith and Cloud and then basically slowly whittle away at our health until I'm dead? Because, or, or not necessarily sleep, because I know if they hit you, you tend to wake up immediately. Maybe it was stop or whatever. All I know is I was grappled to the point where neither of them could do anything. And I had to just sit there and watch me die. When I have to just sit there and die and there's nothing I can do. Rage. uh, Immediate rage. And more rage. And then... This may not be the best time to point out, but if you pause during a fight, there's a retry battle option. No, I know. Okay. (laughs) But that doesn't matter because I'm already in an infinite rage that I lost. Because even when you lose, it comes up and says retry battle. Oh, so so are you constantly retrying the battles, and that's no, how you're not? I losing? just have I just paused the game in the middle of a battle before and seen it. I've never used that. Oh, this guy! Oh, another moment of silence for this guy. Everybody, he's so good. I wasn't going to break that up. You just had to try to dunk on me, and I wasn't going to have that. What do you mean I was going to try to dunk on you? How was how was me talking about my infinite rage dunking on you? No, when you were talking about, oh, is that why you don't lose? Because you do retry all the time? That's trying to make a dunk. So, so sorry for pointing out what everyone else was thinking. After I'm already in a rage because this has occurred, I'm like, let me go ahead and retry this battle again. But now I am in such an infinite rage that I can't focus on the battle. And guess what happens? I lose even faster and even more immediately. Even though I equipped air this time, which was Rude's weakness. If I almost beat it before, now that I have air, why can't I beat it? Well, now I just suck as a person and a gamer. So that puts me into a bigger rage. And now my rage has consumed me to the point where, you know what? Let's just take a step back. Never play this game again. <laughs> if there was a disc, I'd smash it, but I had to buy it digitally. 
because of everything going on in the world. And I'm not going to smash my PS4 Pro. And even if you did, the next time you got a PS4, it'd still be there. It'd still be there. It would be unescapable. But as we all know, I immediately loaded the game up. I think by the time I got off work or whatever, I destroyed that boss battle and I destroyed Rude. And I'm like, okay, so going forward, the easy solution is just don't get mad. But, but, that does but tend telling, to help. telling somebody with anxiety, <laughs> just stop. Or telling somebody in a rage, hey, just quit being in a rage. It doesn't work. So lessons learned. Chris, take a step back. And just don't get mad. Get glad. Sandwich back. <laughs> when you ever eventually go back to work. I mean, yeah, that's definitely good advice, though, because like when I play, you know, Dark Souls or Bloodborne or something like that, and I get to a point where I start to get stuck and get frustrated. That's almost always I'm immediately like, OK, I think I've just played enough for now and I'll come back later. And I almost always do better. Why do you think I am so against playing Dark Souls? Because not even just the bosses will throw me into a rage in that game. Every single thing I come across... Andrew, the Dark Souls episodes would just be me yelling over and over and over how much I hate everyone on the developer team, every single one of the enemies, every single thing that's ever existed. (laughs) And where's the fun in that? Nobody wants to hear Chris take a giant dump all over their game, just like... Nobody wants to hear you take a giant dump all over one of the greatest villains to ever exist ever. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, having said all that on that, you know, uplifting uh, speech about anger and perseverance from Chris, that's going to do it for this week's episode of video games cover to cover. As always, you can find us on Twitter or via email, or via our Discord, and I will make sure to include the contact information in the episode description. I'm having trouble determining if there is any actual perseverance on my side at all. But you know what, Andrew? I hate Shinra! Shinra!